0: So welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. I am delighted to have in with us today Orla Comerford. Um, She's here. So (laughs) it's a little brief intro as to why we have Orla on today. So Orla is an Olympic athlete. She ran in the Paralympics in Rio in 2016. She's also currently training for... To get to the Tokyo 2021, now 2021 yeah. not 2020, and is also a student at NCAD. Um, so I go, I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to this so much all week, and it's funny when I when I told both my dad and my sister separately that I was having you on the podcast, both of them had this exact same reaction, which was just like. Oh legend
1: oh, <laughs> i'm blushing no but it's
0: funny i think it's like a general consensus um that that's kind of y- your character but um i think for for many reasons but i'd like to get down to what i think is kind of at the the heart of the reasons why people have this great image of you and i think you to God. my mind are always kind of doing you're on your own path you're yeah. always kind of just like have an idea and you run with it yeah. um and you know you're kind of not swayed by other people um, and yeah. So I think a good place to start in kind of trying to get this Mm. this message across is maybe give us an insight into what you have done since doing your Leaving Cert.
1: Yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting few years, Mm -hmm. I suppose, like to give that some context, like my sixth year was not Leaving Cert. Like that was like, honestly, the least of my concerns. I was like trying to qualify for Rio I was keeping it very quiet, like not many people knew. I had that, I was trying to do my art portfolio to get into NCAD as well as my leaving cert. Mm -hmm. So they all came together in what was potentially the most stressful year of my life. (laughs) But I suppose I got into NCAD, so I have been in NCAD. I competed in Rio in 2016 for the Paralympic Games. The following year in London, I was at the World Championships in the Olympic Stadium which was just so so surreal and um, the year after that was the European Championships in Berlin where I had two bronze medals and then ever since that it's just been injury kind of mm. uh, working with injury and stuff but d- keeping the goal in mind for Tokyo Um, so it has been busy it's so hard to believe it's been like that many years since I left yeah. school but yeah. and it's kind of weird then to see like all of my friends and my peers now like they're all leaving college into jobs. I've mm. deferred college, so I still have to go back. So a bit of an ongoing joke in my group that I will maybe graduate at the age of 30, but uh, <laughs> I'll
0: get it done eventually. Yeah. But, so even just a roll back for a minute, like you say Rio, but that was probably so that was just after doing our leaving search. Yeah. And you also went I remember you also went on your sixth year holiday, I and did. right before then, getting off to Rio, and <laughs> none of us really even knew, as you said, like yeah. you were just having this under the radar, totally like setting your mind on a different path, um, and just going for it. So yeah,
1: no, that was definitely like I I left for Rio mid August, so it was like August through September. I was out there, um, and our sixth year holiday, I believe, was in June and. I was kind of like when i found out i made the team i was like oh, okay so i'm obviously not gonna go
0: yeah.
1: and uh, our head coach was like oh so you you're around aside from that week weren't you supposed to be in greece or something and i was like yeah but like i'm not gonna go now like i'm a professional you know all this <laughs> and uh, he was like yeah but he was like you but you'd train over there like a week we're this far out like you've been doing all the work like i wouldn't see the harm in it i was like free pass i am going on my sixth year holiday um so i went i enjoyed it but i yeah i trained every day yeah about I, to remember, say. I remember
0: i remember you like sending pictures or something and it was just like you going for these massive runs before anyone was even up in the morning no
1: like all the lads thought it was an outfit choice they're like why are you wearing full <laughs> spandex and i was like no, i have just come back from a run <laughs> it's not an aesthetic
0: and um, but it was good yeah yeah so I suppose a really big reason why I think um, it's great to have your your voice on on this podcast is sort of you kind of decided that you wanted to follow this passion and yeah. you know aside from the fact that I don't know what the kind of uh, people around you were saying in terms of career guidance or parents or friends, yeah, it but you was kind of had this idea definitely not encouraging. No, mm.
1: like I remember in school. So like in school, I suppose at like guidance counselors, teachers, like none of them knew I was going for real and even aside from that they all told me taking on a portfolio was way too much work Mm. they were like don't do it don't go to art college it's so much work do a plc and then like maybe if the plc is right then you can go to college like focus on your points focus on your points which, I mean, obviously I can understand from their perspective, they're just trying to give me the best opportunity in terms of my CAO points. But, like, nobody was listening to what I was saying. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I, But I don't want to do that. Like, you mm. know, I, I suppose, like, I always kind of had an eclectic mix of interests. So, like, I was kind of happy to do something in sports, something with animals, something with art, something with history. So I suppose they saw that they were such they were more viable or legitimate pathways to take than going to art college. Mm. Thankfully, my art teacher was very good. And she kind of mm. said, like, drown it out, don't listen to them and like you do you, which was, I mean, an amazing kind of voice to have there to back me up. Um, but yeah, I suppose like I kind of felt like I came away from school with an overwhelmingly negative feeling that like what I was doing was like the wrong thing. But I just mm. was like, I just don't see myself sitting in an office. I just can't picture it. And then with like the athletics, my whole life, I'd grown up thinking, like, I would love for that to be my job. But I just, mm. like, I, you know, when you're young, you're like, I'd love to be a superstar. I was like, yeah. I want to be like Daryl O'Rourke. Like, it's not going to happen. It was just something I thought mm. of. And so then when it became somewhat of a viable option for me, I was just like, I would be so, so crazy not to give this everything I have. And I was just mm. like, I couldn't imagine, like, myself in, like, 10, 20 years sitting and looking back and being like, oh, I just didn't give that a go. Like, it just, like, to me, like, that is the career I have always dreamed of. So, like, Mm. why wouldn't I give it a go? And, like, if it crashes and burns and doesn't work out and I don't, you know, become a success in it, like, I can go into those other things later in life. So I suppose that was just for me was, like, I don't know. I didn't see myself in a lot of those other places. Mm. So to me, that was the best option because it was what I enjoyed doing and it was what really resonated with me. Mm. But I suppose, like, we were kind of talking before, like, the, the big issue with it is, most of my peers and the people around me are in jobs now, they make good money, you know, mm-hmm. they're doing kind of whatever you want, well, not, not to to kind of diss that, like, I think it's a great option, but I often look at them and wonder like, God, did I make the wrong choice? Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing is like you said, like, I've chosen this other path and lots of people think like I have this great confidence in it and like I do doubt it like definitely do and I look and I think like God like that just seems like how am I going to get a mortgage like (laughs) I'm like sort of an artist and an athlete and like obviously there is options but like I suppose like direct success in athletics does not mean financial
0: security and Mm. like that's that is like that's the truth I suppose that is kind of a a trade-off you know Mm. and it's that financial comfort But that probably wasn't ever something that was going to draw you away from those like kind of deep, like deep gras you had to to follow what you wanted to do. Absolutely. But it's also interesting because, you know, if someone were to look at you from the outside, they're like, you're smashing it, doing all these unbelievable things. But it's it is like it's so interesting to realize that everyone has those minutes and they're like, and, you know, people on the other side, I'm sure there's loads of people who've just didn't follow what they wanted yeah. to do and are in the job. And they're like, damn it. And like cursing their, their, their other decision. But yeah. it definitely takes a certain type of like characteristic, you know, you, you have that sort of like determination, which is in your mind. Um, so what do you think, like, you know, rowing it back um, to, and I don't know if this is like a, a relation, but I, I'm just wondering. Um, So you're 11 and you figure out that you have this side impediment mm. and, you know, the fact that you've, that just seemed to never be an obstacle, you know. Yeah. It was never something that was like in your way, yeah. And do you think that that kind of fed into your your overall yeah. outlook, or is it? Do you think it's separate?
1: No, like I actually. I wouldn't, like, necessarily put them together. But when you put it like that, I suppose, like, the big thing for me when, like, I was diagnosed was, like, geez, it was, like, just at that age where, like, all you want to do is fit in. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't want to be any different to anyone else. Like, you're just, like, such an, a tween, like, you know. <laughs> um, so I think, for me, I then started seeing people expecting less of me, people acting differently around me when i say people like grown-ups like no mm. one my age really changed their how they acted around me but like i could feel it in like teachers coaches just expecting less of me which i really really hated mm. and like now hey, like that could have been all in my head like the people might have actually not expected any less of me so i think that just was something that really drove me i was always super competitive as a kid and i think then i just became even more so competitive because i had such a desire to prove people wrong mm. and then i think when I came into school and then like even coming into sixth year and I had those voices saying like, you can't do it. Like that's, it's not a viable option. It's too difficult. You won't be able for it. Uh, Where most people I think, and maybe even me at at a stage would have said like, okay, maybe they're right. I think maybe that kind of determination and that grit and like sheer stubbornness was Mm. like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like I'm going to do
0: it. And I'm actually going to do more than that. You know? Mm. Yeah. It seems like you kind of got to a stage where like, you're this like off piece but you always seem to like be breathing through it in the kind of like a, a comfort. Mm-hmm. Um which is a which is a great uh, great trait to have. So talk to us about actually going to Rio. Yeah. That this was is something which like So bizarre unbelievable like, like <laughs> we had just finished our leaving scene. we were all kind of like lazing around like oh our college and suddenly yeah. we were like oh my god yeah Orla's
1: in rio no it was, it was so strange and like i was just chucked in the deep end in terms of like competitive sport like hmm. i've always been competitive i've always you know competed my whole life since i was like eight i started competing nationally and stuff um but <clears throat> Sorry, it was, um, it was my first international competition representing Ireland. <laughs> and I went to the Games. Like, it's, it's just, actually, it's, it's insane. So like, mo- I that. did it backwards. Like, most people do a Europeans, <laughs> maybe a Worlds. And then, like, if they get to a Games, like, they get to a Games. But, like, I did it backwards, which was just, so surreal but i actually think it was really to my service like i was chucked in the deep end of it Mm. i had no choice but to just adapt to the most bizarre environment in the world like i can't think of anything that is as strange as the concept of a village of people who are there for the sole reason of competing like it's just so funny (laughs) um but i think it really armed me with i think hopefully benefits coming into a potential another cycle Mm. like into tokyo because i think I went into Tokyo or I went into Rio, carrying an injury, and then like not really performing as well as I had ever hoped, you know. And it's such a it's such a strange feeling because it's you're there at the pinnacle of success of your sport, like you are at the biggest stage. So in one sense, you're like, oh, my God, I'm here. I've made mm. it here. But then I disappointed myself and I was like, oh, my God, I made it all this way. And I've embarrassed myself, which is obviously not what other people think. But like, I mean, as late. an athlete and like being self-critical, I was like, it, mm. it was such it was, a, I think, a huge learning curve for me because I was like, oh, my God, I just don't want to do that again. Mm. I like I can't deal with the heartbreak of that again so Mm. I think it then became like really really good motivation for me into the next cycle because I was Mm. like I'm not doing that again like when I
0: go back I'm gonna go big you know yeah so did you have that sort of like little inkling of fear like having you know having picked up your injury now and thinking 2020 yeah. and trying to get back from that um. yeah it's been like an extremely difficult four years like mm. uh, the
1: injuries have been up and down I had surgery there in um, 2019 and then I've had a lot of compensatory injuries off the back of that so the postponement of Tokyo to 2021 is a huge huge silver lining for me It's like sigh yeah Ah. oh my god like I didn't even realise I was that stressed until they announced it and I just all of a sudden just felt so weightless I was like oh Mm. my god I hadn't realised I was carrying around such stress about it Mm. Um, because like even like it sounds so bizarre but like even down to the wire like a month before they announced it all my all my races for qualification were being cancelled across Ireland across Europe and I was then like looking at the states I was like can I move to the states for two months can I Mm. Mm. I compete there can I move to Australia like it sounds so ludicrous yeah. now, but like at the time I was like, oh my God, and like with injuries and stuff, but um, no, I definitely think, you know, it would have been a huge ask to make mm. a team. So what's year. the kind of, um, what's
0: the layout now for the next few months?
1: Uh, so the layout for me is just making my way back slowly but surely to kind of full capacity on the track. Like I think that's the thing with injury. Lots of people think like, oh, you're not training because you're injured. And you're like, no, I train twice as long because double I can't time. do. Yeah, yeah, I can't do like uh, obviously impact work on the track. So it's like when you're on the bike, it's double double the amount of work. Mm. It's, um, it's really lonely as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you're training by yourself the whole time. But um, and is that more so the case because of COVID? Like oh, no. Well, no, you would have been injury, you would have been by yourself yeah, anyway. Yeah. I, okay. So I think that really prepared me for COVID. Okay. God, like the lockdown came around in isolation like, way before yeah. the rest of us. <laughs> it's like I've been alone for years. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I actually, surprisingly, without sounding obnoxious, like I actually really didn't struggle with the training at home and the self motivation because it's, it's just something
0: I've had to do for years. Mm hmm. Which yeah. is, I mean, a blessing. You would have had to get get your head around that long ago, or else yeah. You would have exactly. Been, I, mean, I would have been tapped out a long time ago, yeah. And for the rest of your like friends who would be training, is mm. is are things all kind of cancelled because of COVID, or or like how does how does, how does yeah, that work? Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird. Like so, the situation currently is obviously with level five. Um, Sport Ireland have worked incredibly hard alongside the government to allow elite athletes. So elite athletes is is kind of classed under elite athletes who are essentially bidding to get to Tokyo that's kind of what they're deeming it as Mm. and the GAA that's another Mm. point (laughs) (laughs) um so we are very lucky to have the ability to still train so like the institute of sport over in sports campus in Blanchardstown is still open so we can still access physio strength and conditioning gym track which is so incredibly nice but you know like it does leave a lot of other people out or people who are just on that cusp you know, facilities aren't yeah. really available, which is obviously difficult.
0: Yeah, so much uncertainty. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, athletics is the way you've gone, mm. but you were always doing all kinds of sports. Yeah. Like, did you think yeah. you had it in your head that? Yeah, athletics is the one that I want to pursue for a long time before yeah. you really, really got serious.
1: No, I definitely, like when I, like I was only ever good at any other sport because I was quick. Like there was, mm. that's what I love to do. I love to run. And I remember I went to my mom when I was like six and I was like, is there a sport where you just run? She's like, yeah, it's called <laughs> athletics. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this sounds good. Uh, sign me up. So I joined my club Rahini Shamrocks at the age of six and I've been there ever since. Okay. And I just, like, I did other sports and I enjoyed them. I'm a terrible team player. So I just was <laughs> never good at team sports. And then I was only ever good at anything else because I was quick. And mm-hmm. I just, like, wasn't good at multidirectional sport either. Like, mm-hmm. my wherever I had an opportunity to run
0: in a straight line, that's where I, I kind of shone. So I was like, yeah. Obviously, this is what I'm going to do. Mm, I was thinking about it um, before coming in. Like, I'm pretty sure we would have done relay. Did we do relay together in mm. maybe fourth Definitely. or fifth year? And I was thinking, this is such a good humble brag that I've never used. Like, I was running on the <laughs> relay team <laughs> with you and with Sarah Tyrants. Sarah Tyrants. I know. Possibly, fingers crossed, hopeful Olympian I know, to come in well. hockey. I, I see her at the like, in oh my... Institute the odd time. Oh, it's do so you? so nice. I hope, like she's, you. I hope she's listening. I'm going to send yeah. this to her afterwards. I was like, that is <laughs> this amazing humble brag I need to start using. I'm Oh my god <laughs> so funny. um okay so you have all your athletics yeah and obviously you've told us about how you're you have your artistic side as well so you're yeah. still doing i mean this is a, like a whirlwind of a balancing act but yeah. you're doing all your training and also you said no i'm still gonna go to ncad yeah. you still did your portfolio yeah. got it in got into ncad yeah. which is a huge thing in itself yeah so Talk to us about that. You've taken time out.
1: Yeah, so basically I went into NCAD when I came home from Rio straight in um, two weeks later. So crazy. Right? <laughs> so straight. <laughs> oh yeah. And like everyone warns you when you come home from Rio or like a games, so they're like there is a post games slump. They were like, oh, yeah. you come from this extreme high and then you come home and there's nothing there. But mm. I went straight into college. So I was like making all these new friends, like adjusting, trying to catch up to the work. I was, I was like, this slump is just a lie. I was yes. like, it doesn't exist. But like, I know for a fact it'll exist the next time I go, <laughs> if I get to go. I just was thrust into NCAD, which is like such an amazing place. Mm. Um, so I was there first and second year and then into the first half of my third year. And that was extremely busy. Like, mm. I, I like I think there's huge benefits to me being an NCAD in terms of like accessibility with my athletics in the fact that like there's nobody else in my shoes. So there's no pathway. So if I go to my tutors, my course leads, everything, and I say like, look, God, there's a training camp in Tenerife for a month. I need to go. They'll be mm-hmm. like, OK. Yeah, and they'll just like, let me do my thing, do work beforehand, do work after, do work when I'm there. Like, they're just so sound Mm. because there's no one else in that position to say, uh, like, I think that's the problem in big colleges when there's 100 people asking. You can't really get away with letting them all do it. But I'm just one person, so they were Mm. really good about it. But I suppose then the, the flip side of that is you go into a college that... There are now sports teams. There's now sports societies. Like, now sports scholarships. When you think about
0: athletics, like somewhere that has amazing facilities yeah. and supports. Like, yeah. So
1: I was like, I was with like DCU or UCD who can offer you mm. a scholarship and all these athletes who've been before, and I was like, nope. No. I'm going to NCID. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> the natural um, route. Yeah, exactly. And I like I even remember like I just thought it was the funniest thing. Two months into NCID, a girl goes, "I love your look," and I was like. Uh, and she was like, it says Sporty Spice. And I was like, <laughs> I was like no, no, I no. actually do sport.
0: <laughs> Once again, Orla's style is being really, really confused. It's lucky that it's a, it's a good style. Like you're not like into like judo or something. Yeah, you have to come out exactly. Like it's actually quite good
1: style. I so. know. It was just so funny. Yeah. I was like, this just sums this college up. Like this girl <laughs> didn't for a second think I actually partake in any sport. Like it's just a look. Hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. So funny. But um, no, I think it was an, an extreme balancing act because there's no split module. I think that's the big benefit of other colleges you can take a four year course and do it over eight years Mm -hmm. I had a four year course that was like you're looking at like I remember in first year we had like 30 hours in college plus an additional what seemed like 30 hours of work to do outside of college Mm -hmm. plus I trained every single day like where does it you know what I mean like yeah. where does the time go like I even look back at it now and I'm like I have no idea how I fit that in like you just do like do you know what I mean when you're busy know, you just get absurd. it done there's enough hours in the day but um coming then into the second half of third year so I my course is fine art media as well as education and I was due to go back into college but I kind of quite last minute decided I was going to go ahead with the surgery so in January of what was my third year in college um I had a surgery on my ankle And, uh, I was, went back to college after about a month and it was just so difficult. I had missed so much work. I was just like grappling, I suppose with art, it's not like you can sit down and do more work to, to catch up because it's, it's like, it's a process. Like it's an artistic process and a creative flow that just doesn't, you you can't skip steps in it. So like, I was like putting pressure on myself to try and catch up to where my peers are and everyone else was, but like. Then when you put pressure on top of like Mm. creative, creativity, like it's just, it's like writer's block, but for like art, I just found myself in this place where like I hated everything I was doing. I was under so much pressure with the injury, Like, like after the surgery, some things weren't going as planned and I just, I just found myself in this place, I think it was like in April, you know, after the surgery was January and I was like, I am so incredibly miserable. I was like I don't enjoy training I hate college I was like I just feel shit Mm. I was like I just I feel like I see nobody I do nothing and like nothing is going my way and I was like well what's like what why am I feeling this way and Mm. I was just like do you know what I'm just gonna take some of this pressure off I went to college and I was just like I can't do it I was like I don't want to drop out but I just don't want to do shit in college (laughs) and (laughs) and NCAD were so good to me they were like that's okay well, let's just like defer this semester on medical grounds they were like just get your doctor to write a letter we know your situation get like someone in sport ireland write you a letter we'll just send it into the academic board and we'll just we'll sort it for you and i wow. was like oh my god like, i love oh. this place yeah i was like they were so sound like and i it was just so so amazing so that gave me the opportunity then to kind of step back from college and really focus on that injury because the injury is so time
0: consuming like mm. Yeah, as you say, you're doing like your 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 double time training yeah. then. Yeah. Double time training plus college. Yeah, exactly. Misery. <laughs> and I was kinda like had to be out in the Institute of
1: Sport um like two, three times a week at that point. And like from where I live to get there on the bus, public transport, two mm. hours there. Oh two my hours god. back three times a week. Oh my god. Plus college work? No. Plus training outside of that. Mm. I was just like, no, no, this isn't mm. working. Mm. Um but like I suppose that was it just I don't know it's just like not something that people do like I already had kind of said when I went into college initially I was looking at my final year was falling the same year I'd be bidding to get to Tokyo yeah so from day one I was like I am going to defer my final year and they were like that is fine that is amazing that's grand so I already knew I was doing that but I just felt like it was so wrong to defer it one semester earlier I don't know I was just in that in that place and I was like I don't know I shouldn't do it and then I was like hold up I'm miserable. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. You know, like, I.
0: why wouldn't I? I do think there's such a, like, a stigma around that, like, people there are just... There is. Oh, or even just, like, just taking, like, as you have now in a random yeah. way, but just, like, taking a year out in general. Like, yeah. you obviously have loads of other things going on, but yeah. it's so much, like, most people finish school and they're straight into college. Like, Absolutely. There's not that sort of... I think I only realized yeah. when I was went to Australia that everyone was taking this gap year to figure out, oh, what do I actually want to do? Want to do, Yeah. We are like diving in, like finish it as quick as we can. Yeah. I feel like it's like, don't know what you want
1: to do? Business degree. Yeah. Like, they just yeah. throw you in whether you want to do it or not, which is yeah. like uh, such a strange thing here. Because I even remember like being at the guidance counselor in school. She's like, what about a business degree? I'm like, I've never mentioned what this. What kind of interesting <laughs> game? <laughs> like, <why laughs> did you get this from? <laughs> um, no, but I think definitely with college, um, I just like, even like when I did that, loads of people were like, oh my God, so you dropped out? And I was like, no, I just deferred. And they're mm. like, oh
0: okay like oh that's weird like you know yeah um but yeah it's just so not the norm i suppose no but it is like i suppose realizing okay i'm actually miserable yeah then do something about it it was like a was, light bulb moment oh, wow
1: i was miserable for months and i just couldn't figure i just it was like i couldn't figure it out and mm. then like one day i was like hold up i hate life right now mm. so how could i hate it a little bit less and mm. i was like why don't i just remove some of the pressure which I mean like obviously I'm very lucky that I was in a position that that was a possible possibility Mm. like I obviously understand that like sometimes you can find yourself in a situation where you just can't leave college like the college won't it's not feasible so I was extremely lucky
0: Mm. that NCAD were able to do that for me. Mm. So talking about pressure like Mm. pressure now stepping into you're there you know competing in all these these competitions or even like maybe the pressure around your athletics in general what How do you, how do you, how does one deal with that? You know, or do you have...
1: I feel like most of the pressure I feel is so internal. I know that sounds so, Mm. I don't know. It sounds wrong because I'm... I don't know. Like I'm I I went into athletics on an international stage with no expectations. Yeah. Like nobody had expectations for me. I only had expectations for myself Mm. because I was a newcomer and I was new on the scene. No one was sending me to Rio expecting a medal on my on my neck, which was such a nice way to go into a Games. Mm. And it was the same with my world championships then. Like people expected a better performance. But again, they were like, you're new in the scene. And then I feel like I went into the Europeans. There was definitely an expectation of medals there. I got to, they weren't the colour I had expected them to be. So again, it's such a strange catch because like... You get to, you got to. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing I keep giving out to myself. I'm like, hold up, like you did that. But at the same time, I'm like, I had much higher expectations for myself. Mm. Like even like time-wise, like the times I ran there and like nobody cares. Like I could tell you any, pick any time out of the the sky and you wouldn't know if it was good bad or indifferent but like to me I was just like that's just not how I wanted to turn up and represent myself tell us what a good time is then a good time is quicker than what's your aim time (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I suppose that's my big thing and it's like often in interviews people say like when do you think you'll get back to where you were in terms of like running with injuries and stuff and I'm like I would be so devastated if I get back and I run how I was running before like mm. I was carrying injuries into all of those championships and kind of hodgepodging things together to get to get back and, and be up where I wanted to be. So I was like, I expect so much more. And I was like, if I come back and run the way I was running the last f- four years, I'd be curious, which sounds <laughs> so
0: outrageous. <laughs> so competitive <laughs> with yourself.
1: I know, but this no. is what I mean. Like I have, and I don't know where I've picked these ideas out, but I'm just like, no, I can go way faster. I know it for no for no apparent reason I just I just feel like I can do it mm. and so I and like but I kind of like that I have that because I would hate That's to an amazing
0: a, trait to have I
1: think I think so I'd hate to go into a race and be like oh god I'm not as good as her like there's no way I could run as fast as her like I like to kind of put myself in the box that like no no, no I haven't done it yet but I will you know and I think that gives me so much more opportunities to do that I think if like it's you go into something and you tell yourself you can't do it like you're not going to be able to do it so I think like that's always the attitude I've had since I was really young with with athletics and like I've seen so many other people and girls like work themselves up with nerves before a race Mm. and like I would go into a race full well knowing I wasn't going to win it like you know I'd look at who was in the field I'd know (laughs) where I was going to place but I would line up and I would be like I am going to win. (laughs) i knew i wasn't i knew i wasn't but i just had this mentality oh yeah (laughs) i will win um but so i think that's something i've kept about myself with athletics and it's it's what's kept me really focused i think through the injury like uh, like i just feel like the time for quitting was so long ago (laughs) like if i was gonna leave i would have left years ago like it's Mm. just it has been so grueling so miserable but I, the thing that keeps me on track and keeps me doing it is like I want to show people that I can do more. That what I did was, yeah, my mark in the sand, but like I intend on going far beyond that. And I think it's that competitive nature I've always had. Like I want to prove people wrong. I want to prove to people, well, not just to people, like to myself, obviously, yeah, 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 that like I have so much more in me. So I think that's definitely yeah I'm like I'm extremely stubborn so I think the pressure (laughs) definitely comes from within as opposed to without I think obviously there does start to be a bit of pressure when like you know what I mean if you've come from a games or like from a championships with medals and you go Mm -hmm. into a next one like a Europeans is a very different ball game to um a game, so like I don't think anyone's sending me off thinking that. But it does start to you know, people have been like, She's been on the scene this number of years now, so we're kinda expecting to see some development, some, you know, moving on. So I'm sure when it comes around to it, that might be something that plays on my mind, but for now it's not really so From now keep you're it taking way. it
0: from in turn up. From me. I to sure yeah. <laughs> take shit from myself. Yeah, exactly. Um okay, I am conscious of time and there's definitely a few yes. more things, but I do Want to ask you, which I like to ask everybody, if you have a certain book yeah. or a podcast? It can't be this podcast. Oh no, damn. <laughs> damn it! That you listen to, um, in or read in general, that you would recommend okay. to people.
1: I was thinking about this, and I actually am going to get this. Sounds like all I listen to or do is athletics-related, and it's not. <laughs> but so being that we're on the topic, I read a book years ago and it's one that i keep dipping back into it's mm. called peak performance by brad Stahlberg and steve magnus and both of them were high achievers in their own right mm. uh, steve magnus was an athlete and coaches olympic athletes and brad Stahlberg worked in consultancy uh, i think he was in mckenzie and then he worked in the white house advising mm-hmm. on stuff so both of them were people who achieved really really like high success like peak performance in their fields but both ended up burning out so the book is centered around it's kind of centered around like anecdotes of people through all walks of life from intellects to artists to athletes you know all walks of life and takes their anecdotal experience of peak performance and sustaining kind of uh, The best that you can do with also trying to avoid burnout so like we live in such a competitive obviously world at the moment and it's like how do you how do you sustainably reach you know peak performance and it's just a book it's so interesting there's so many anecdotes along with like scientific facts and like everything Mm -hmm. to back it up so it's something that I listened to years ago I loved it and just every so often I just listen to I listen to it on audiobook um, I just dip back in and out of it because it's so relevant I think to everyone and that's what I just really loved about it that it didn't matter totally. what you were looking to do it was something that kind of pushed
0: you on peak performance wherever you are which cool, is yeah, cool. I suppose they're coming at it from two really different angles. So different, yeah, exactly. There has to be something in there for everybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I am certainly going to put that on my list. Dude, it's not. good, it <laughs> is. So I think we are at our time limit, unfortunately, and we did say this from the start. We are like, yeah. we could end up just like, even when we were you talking. You and I could chat red, chat for years. We were like, just, we just talk and talk and talk. Yeah. Both of us, both of us <laughs> have a lot to say about things exactly. when you get us started. Um, okay, well, thank you, Orla, for thank being here. Thank you for here. having me on. Thanks for listening, guys, and make sure you tune in for our next podcast.